0: This is Season 4 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn.
1: Today on the show, we will introduce a brand new topic. Cars! Plus, geography, expressions,
0: and a little bit of history. Plus, news from around the world, and we'll open up the mailbag. Totally Useless! information it's everything you never needed to know welcome to episode number nine and as roy mentioned a brand new topic this is totally useless vehicle information with nick meet me and roy (laughs) (laughs) kind of glad i'm vroom vroom (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So so when the lovely lady recorded it, she said, I, I, I see you more of a meet me and Roy is a vroom room." I said, well, go for it. And she did. So thank you. <laughs> so I'm a meet me. OK, sure. Thank you very much. So, yeah, brand new topic. And you can email us nickandroy.com. Contact us and you can suggest any topic you want. And we want to thank you for all of your feedback. So when was the first speeding ticket issued? 1902. The driver was driving a whopping 10 miles per hour Wow! speed racer and fined with $10. The speeding ticket was issued after the first death of a car crash. So it was fatal, unfortunately. Uh-oh. Yeah, so 10 miles an hour, $10. 1902. What the hell kind of crash was it where
1: they died at 10 miles an hour? How fast were they walking? <laughs> 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 my, my bike does more than that. Yeah. Wow. But well, then again, you have to wear a helmet with that, which I don't do.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that
1: explains a lot. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I do. And we uh, suggest all listeners to wear a helmet while biking. <laughs> Thank you to the legal team. I yes. totally use this.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> the first car was invented by Carl Benz then again now think about it mercedes-benz ah well carl benz invented the first car in 1885 the top speed was 16 kilometers nick how many miles per hour would that be let me do the math i have to take off my shoes and socks you no, roughly 16 kilometers it's 10. okay so he'd get a speeding ticket <laughs> that's right yeah it's almost 10 so he must got a speeding ticket yeah <laughs> not no, quite but- he invented it in 1885. It had a top speed of 16 kilometers or 10 miles an hour. He had it had a one-cylinder engine in it, literally a one-cylinder engine. It was like a kind of like a weed whacker, I would think, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. with wheels attached to it, and it was called the Benz Motorwagen. One day it around <laughs> Lichtenstein. <laughs> I and mean, Heidi Klum at the wheel.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That and because we were driving it, it, we have a spare tire.
1: They were like, "We don't want these cars to go much faster, so we can see Heidi better." <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Give him the ticket.
0: So we have um, we have a dashboard in our car, right? You know, we it's referred to as a what dashboard. do. You do? <laughs> we do. But the original dashboard was a piece of wood that was fastened in front of a horse-drawn carriage that prevented mud from hitting the driver. And it was a board, this dashboard Dashboard. board. There you go. Wow, 80% of the average car
1: is recycled. I found this to be really interesting. 80% of an average car is recycled. In fact, auto recycling is the 16th largest industry in the United States that's amazing so that's amazing considering that the steel industry the farming industry the coal industry the 16th largest industry is recycling automobiles
0: wow how many cars does someone go in a lifetime that's recycling it's a different kind of recycling so you I'm just pissed off because I'm paying for the same car over again. <laughs> yeah, it's called car payments. yes
1: right It's 80% so I should only be paying for 20% of my next new car.
0: Exactly. You know I don't make my car payments. You know what happens is they, they send me a letter, a really nice letter they compliment me. they say your bill is outstanding. I'm like, thank you. thanks mm-hmm. for the compliment. You're listening to totally <laughs> useless information with Nick and Roy with our brand new topic: cars. Uh, the most people crammed in a smart car was twenty. It was a cheap. twenty. Was twenty. Smart, I know a smart, somebody that owned the smart car. Really? How many yes. people did they have in the smart car?
1: Uh, it, actually, they only had themselves in the smart car and possibly another passenger because that thing is so small. There's nothing smart about that car, but it was
0: made by uh, Mercedes-Benz. I That's believe. right. It's all connected. It was achieved by the Glendale Chill leading Team. And set a Guinness. <laughs> I know that's where I'm going. And set a Guinness World Records gone wild record at the uh, Staples Center in Los Angeles on September 28, 2011. So only ten years. Wait ago. Wait a second. Wasn't it in 2011 when you were trying to join that cheerleading team? That's right.
1: <laughs> I didn't have
0: I didn't have the legs for it.
1: <laughs> Nick's like I was the one in the middle.
0: <laughs> but. Yeah, but you know, you have to be really careful. You have to be strategic where where the um, shift gear is.
1: And listen, you don't have to worry about age because there's 18 of them in there. They've got to be all put together, at least 21.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Combined. (laughs) Yes, you can send your complaints to nickandroy.com. Contact us. (laughs) (laughs) Almost
1: 65% of the world's population drives on the right side of the road. The rest are just wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, really. 65% of the world's population drives on the right side of the road and on a uh, left-handed drive.
0: Right. <laughs> so I'm left-handed. Would it, Would I be confused on the right side or the left side? I wonder.
1: I, I Honestly, I think you're confused most of the time. So.
0: <laughs> so it has nothing to do with me being left-handed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> your driving
1: is impaired no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> with not a drop and you're about getting course. a ticket. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: that's why they invented that bumper sticker. If you don't like the way I drive, stay off the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as you're listening to us, uh, totally useless information with Nick and Roy, we really appreciate you listening to us on any device, including your car radio. Right, because you you connect your phone to your car radio. For many mm-hmm. drivers, flipping on the radio is nearly as instinctive as powering up the engine, or you know adjusting the temperature and whatnot. But car radios weren't always so widely embraced. In the early days of the car radio, some safety-minded legislators wanted to ban car radios for being too distracting and dangerous for drivers. But they couldn't get the message out. No, they couldn't, because <laughs> they were distracting. <laughs>
1: No, they couldn't get the message out. There were no radios.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you're thinking, well, what idiot, what, you know, what accident-prone idiot came up with this idea? Well, it was Paul Galvin. He's credited as the man who first recognized the potential of the car radio and capitalized upon Americans' fascination with radio for motor vehicles while on the go.
1: What was his name?
0: Paul Galvin.
1: Paul Galvin.
0: Cool. Cool. See, yeah, that's so cool. Paul Galvin. And around the same time, Galvin and his brother started a manufacturing company in Chicago to enable home radios to operate on household current instead of batteries.
1: Ah, see, that was smart. So Galvin had a, it all going on with the radio. Here's another stupid alert. In, in 2013, a study was found that a study was done. Okay, let's try that again. Sure. Okay, here's a stupid alert. In 2013... I'm sorry, were you distracted by your car radio? I was just distracted by myself. <laughs> Not the first time. Go on. So, in 2013, a study was done that found that white is clearly the number one color for vehicles. What color is your car, Nick? It's a charcoal. It is a charcoal. I yeah. have a gray car as well but my wife is driving a white car and I had a white car before that and she had a white car before that. So we clearly had a lot more white cars, but anyway, white is the number one color for vehicles across the world. Then they also found out that white is also 10% less likely to get in an accident and mainstream colors are more likely to be stolen. So white is more likely to be stolen. Okay. Morons. White cars are ten percent less likely to get in an accident, you idiots, because they're white and they're easier to see in, in like dusk and at night. You morons, that's a simple one. If it was a black car, of course it's gonna get more in an accident. And wait a second, think about this one, Nick, these smarty pants. Who would steal an orange or a yellow car? You're not exactly gonna blend like driving downtown in a in an orange Maserati.
0: <laughs> Never mind. Who would buy an orange or yellow car?
1: Wait a
0: minute! (laughs) Yeah, the reason why not too many white cars are in accidents because they're stolen. No one's driving them. Exactly, (laughs) that's what's going on. Well, they're not reported. No, exactly. Uh, I I read somewhere that you know that twenty five percent of accidents happen near someone's home. The solution: move.
1: You're listening to living in RV. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Go small, think large. Uh you're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy.
1: Today is history. What happens tomorrow is history. Yeah. Ah. So this is some history stuff. Mm-hmm. My son went to Oxford and I say that a lot because hell, my son went to Oxford was he driving a white car no it's true i have the t-shirt it says oxford law school oh okay <laughs> it cost uh, 22 yeah. 23 pounds uh, no, no. <laughs> okay but it is true he did go to oxford yeah but did you know and i got the bill to prove it but did you know that the university is older than the aztec empire Get ready for this one. This, I didn't know, and this was a history thing that most people are gonna, get your pencils ready, write this down. Oxford opened its doors in 1096. Wow. That's crazy. The Aztec empire was founded some 200 and some odd years later in 1325, okay? Then the Aztecs no longer existed and Oxford
0: was still charging way too much for tuition. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This is how they got, uh, there was a trick question on the final exam. Name the people who lived in the Aztecs. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so we all know and love, you know, the beloved nursery rhyme, Mary had a little lamb. Remember that? Mary yeah, had a little lamb. Remember that? Yes. fleece was white as snow. It was. And uh, everywhere that Mary went, Yeah. Doom and famine would always go. That's right. (laughs) Well, there really was a Mary, and there really was a little lamb. She did have a little lamb. The nursery rhyme was probably assumed was fiction, which we all thought, but it was a real person, Mary Sawyer. She was an 11-year-old girl in Boston who was followed to school one day in 1817 by her pet lamb. In the late 1860s, she helped raise money for an old church by selling pieces of wool from the famous lamb. Let me, let me say that again. She was selling pieces of wool from the famous lamb, not pieces of the lamb. But let me get this straight. She would walk to school with the lamb? The, the, the lamb followed her to school.
1: So, people that would say to her, Hey, little girl, you lost. And the lamb would say, Nah.
0: (laughs) There we go. Fleeced again. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's why we don't write. Go on. Go on.
1: Tell people about (laughs) Mary.
0: Well, Mary drove a white car. um, And. She had her dashboard and she wrote down on the dashboard, the dust in the dashboard, com. So she remembered where to, to, exactly. read, to send an email. Exactly. exactly. she
1: said, What? Right, another ticket? 12 <laughs> miles per hour.
0: Yeah, the lamb ran faster. <laughs> you know why? You know why she was escaping? She was shaving she, him. No, she was on the lamb. She was on the lamb. <laughs> Oh, go. that's pretty funny, I uh, guess. <laughs> you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. What are you chewing on? <laughs> you're not You're not chewing on a piece of lamb, are you? That's just cruel. Roy's <laughs> having a piece of roasted lamb as we're doing the show. Mm-hmm, oh, yummy. delicious. With a little, bit, a little bit of mint jelly. Mint jelly. Mm,
1: the lamb's still screaming, Clarice. <laughs> okay. At the end of World War II, street parties broke out all over the world. Everybody was excited. In fact, Russia was no exception. But the Russian party only lasted 22 hours, because that's how long it took for the entire country to run out of vodka. Wow, 22 hours. The party stopped. They were like, "Where's the vodka?" <laughs> they were like, Sir, "We have no more vodka. Kill
0: him." <laughs> so on the show, totally useless information with Nick and Roy. I'm Nick and he's Roy. We do not discuss what the facts are gonna be. Oh no, you had that? We email each other and say we're going to talk about in this case today cars and history and so on. Uh Russia ran out of vodka. This is the fact that I have. Russia ran out of vodka as World War Two was ending. So we have the exact same fact. Doesn't happen often. Which means, oh my God. you know how you have tablecloths? No, I don't have tablecloths. I mean, I oh, do at okay. home, but not the okay. fact about tablecloths. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. But there you go. So, anyway, in case you missed it, Russia ran out of vodka. And how long did it take? How long was the party?
1: It actually took 22 hours, it took less than one full day. Russia was depleted of every drop of vodka in the entire what? country. What took them so long? Slack. Which made for a, the new drink called the
0: tonic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Give me your next one then. What the a shy sh- one. Well, I'm not shy at all. The swearing pet bird. Andrew Jackson's funeral at, happened in 1845. His pet parrot Paul, or Pole. <laughs> pet parrot Paul, but go ahead. Yes, his pet parrot Paul <laughs> <pole, laughs> was particularly preposterous. Had to be removed from the funeral services because it was swearing. What? Paul was brought to the funeral because he was a close companion of of Jackson. How close we're not quite sure, but we'll leave it at that. Apparently, yeah. Unfortunately, the bird had to be removed from the funeral service because when he started to swear and yelling profanities, which yeah. he learned. Could you from- imagine? Could you imagine the priest saying, "He was a wonderful man." <laughs> it was a rap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it was a f-
1: <laughs> asshole. <laughs> he turns around, and we should all bow our heads now. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, according to the historians, um the pet bird with the swearing, we he most likely learned that language from Jackson himself.
1: Oh why well, what do we think? We think because he was the president that he had he had some sort of dignified that all went out the door with Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that and I say that in a proud way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very proud (laughs) i really do (laughs) he was the first president i think i ever really looked at and said i believe this guy because nobody else would say that crap (laughs) (laughs) i did i really believed them you know how we wear designer names and drive around in fancy cars and we we build big homes to display our wealth Mm -hmm. well In the 18th century in England, they did it too. Except they did it with pineapples. Oh. Yes. Pineapples were a major status symbol.
0: Simple. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple you you can't even pronounce it.
1: Pineapples were a major status symbol. In fact, people who could afford one would walk around town with it. They would hold it. Put it on their heads walk around show people hey look at me and my pineapple you know so this was actually done people walked around with pineapples
0: to display their wealth in england in the 18th century very good excellent with the pineapples yeah i heard that if you're going to somebody's house it's a thing to bring them so Sure, a pineapple is a a thing of good
1: luck or whatever, but it's also for good wealth. But if you bump into somebody with a coconut, maybe a sailor with some rum, hey, pina coladas.
0: (laughs) It was a pina. Don't go to Russia; they ran out of vodka. They ran out of (laughs) vodka exactly. (laughs) Whatever you do, stay out of Russia. (laughs) (laughs) I call this next one holy crap. In sixteen (laughs) eighty (laughs) <laughs> this is this is the title of this fact here. As you're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy in the history section, holy crap! In 1618, some Catholics and Protestants settled religious disputes in Prague when a Protestant threw a Catholic out of a third-story window.
1: Mm. Yeah, that always helps.
0: The, the Catholic claimed that the hand of God saved him, while the Protestants claimed that God mocked them because they survived. By letting them fall into a carriage of horse crap.
1: Oh my God. The Protestant was probably like, grab the Catholic. They have forgiveness, so I'll throw him out the window.
0: That's right. They broke their fall by going into a carriage of horse crap. It started a large war, believe it or not.
1: Oh, that's a lot of crap. All right. Tablecloths yeah. were yeah. not invented to protect the table. Think about it. Why do you put a tablecloth on? Well, there could be many reasons. It could be to protect the table from Mm -hmm. getting messy. It could be to look good like a party. You know, you put a tablecloth on because it looks pretty. No. eh. They were not invented for that. In fact, they were invented to make it easy to make one large communal napkin. The original tablecloths were placed on the table and they were left over the edge of the table so that the people sitting there could then pick it up, wipe their hands and their faces on it while they slobbered themselves full of food. How disgusting is that? When you think of ours, it's pretty good. We take the napkin, wipe our face and then put it back in our laps, which is kind of stupid. If we could hang it from the table, it'd be even better.
0: Yeah. And that's, of course, you're a Catholic and you got thrown into a, you know a pile of horse crap. Then you could wipe yourself off.
1: Let me tell you, I'm next restaurant I'm going to. I'm wiping my face and my hands and everything on the table. <laughs> I may not even use the restroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow! And then we'll
1: start a war,
0: <laughs> a holy war. You're listening to totally <laughs> holy, war. <laughs> holy war. You're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. And like we say, we are making it really easy for you to contact us. Go to our website, NickAndRoy.com, and click on Contact Us and send us an email.
1: What's in the mail bag? What's in the mail?
0: Richard from Addison, Alabama, wrote in, and we want to thank you, everybody. Thank everybody for listening. All across North America, all across the globe, actually, over 50 five countries that we're now in. So believe it or not, more and more people are listening or turning to us for totally useless information than any other source. So thank you very much. So Richard from Madison, Alabama, we love listening to your show, he writes, we enjoy the guests that you have on, and I learn a lot. My question to you guys is this, why do, his name is Richard, why do people call me Dick when my name is Richard? Okay, where do I, <laughs> where, where do I start, um. Oh no. I'm sorry. Where did that start? I'm thinking. Where do, Where do I start, Richard? Anyway, first of all, thank you, really sincerely. Thank you for the email. In the days of writing, this is this is the history of why some people call Richard. Wait a second. Dick. Did Dick Dick sent that in? He did. Richard did. Dick wrote this. He did. But he wants oh. to know why people call him Dick. Hey, if, Dick. Right. Hey, Dick. Richard. In the days of writing everything by hand, Rick and Rich emerges common nicknames for Richard. And apparently, people also used to like to come up with nicknames that rhyme. Mm. So this gave rise to nicknames like Dick and Hick around the early 13th century. But unlike Hick, Dick continues to stick around. Depends on who it is, I guess. Of course, Dick isn't the only nickname to emerge from similar rhyme-based progression. For example, have you ever wondered why people named Robert are often called Bob? Robert, shortened is Rob, turns to Bob. William, shortened, becomes Will becomes bill. Mm-hmm. So there you go, Richard the Dick. Thank you. No, not the <laughs> Richard the Dick and Bob
1: the Knob. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Dick. Uh, sorry yeah, Richard. That's right, sorry. Richard.
0: Uh, all of you whatever you call what, whatever you call your, yourselves, give, send us an email at nickandroy.com. What in the <laughs> Now, for
1: something completely useless. This is the most useless fact. Before the invention of the alarm clock, there actually were people, get ready to write this down, called knocker uppers. What? Yes, for real. They were called knocker uppers. And what they would do is they would come to your house at a time that you told them to get me up at 7 o'clock. So at 7 o'clock... They would be rapping on the door, bang, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> and when you came down and answered the door, preferably with a shotgun, it was probably a tough job, knocker-uppers. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be uh, mistaken with slobber but...
0: <laughs> and if you're the door, it was preferred that you had pajamas on of some sort.
1: <laughs> At least, pants. But
0: I... <laughs> actually this is the true true story they were called
1: knocker uppers and they would wake you up i have one of these but i call her my wife <laughs> <laughs> not that i knock her upper no but... no
0: no 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 my goodness gracious, boy you you're like i yeah. said to you in the past your couch must be really comfortable <laughs> at our rate my dog house is fully furnished <laughs> complete with, a, with uh, climate control and everything else. You're mm-hmm. listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy.
1: Throw away your totally useless GPS.
0: It's time for geography. So get lost with Nick and Roy. Yes, yeah, the sentiment of many people who email us at nickandroy.com. Get lost. We've been told that throughout high school. <laughs> yes. And, four, <laughs> and 40 years later, that message is still. Did you just slurp? Did you just slurp on No, the wait air? a
1: second. I, I'm having a cup of coffee. It's so delicious. Oh. I, actually, I believe that we, we were not told to get lost. We were
0: lost. We yes. still are. <laughs> so they told us to get lost. We just listened to what we were told. That's all. Um, how about South America? It is a continent of many natural superlatives. The longest mountain range, the Andes. The highest waterfalls, the Angel Falls. And the driest place on earth, the Atacama Desert in Chile. Good old South America.
1: The earth, as we have said, is not round. It bulges in the middle. So even though Mount Everest is taller than Mount Chitsubora Zoo in Ecuador, the Mount Chitsubora Zoo. In Ecuador is closer to the moon than Everest. See, it's not taller, but kind of think of it like we had said before, my belly. <laughs> my belly would actually bump into things before any other part of my body. Well, well, maybe not any other part of my body, but <laughs> my belly would bump into things. So Mount Chimborazo yeah. is actually yeah. taller than Everest because of the bulge of the earth.
0: Yeah, and don't forget about gravity, too. Never mind bulging. How about gravity (laughs) as you get older? Oh, yeah. So here's a real quick one. (laughs) This is so quick, you have to really pay attention. So turn up the volume on your device. I'll wait for a moment. Turn up the volume a little bit more. When in Rome is my topic here in geography. Other than Antarctica, every other continent in the world has a city named Rome every continent other than antarctica that's right
1: so So don't roam to antarctica you'll get lost
0: (laughs) so if you're roaming in antarctica you'll be lost because you'll never find rome there when in rome
1: well if you're roaming in antarctica i hate those roaming charges okay iceland (laughs) iceland is growing at five centimeters per year okay It is divided by North America and the European tectonic plates. So the plates shift five centimeters every year. Yes, Iceland is literally separating five centimeters because it sits between the North American and the European
0: tectonic plates, right in between. Are we there yet? The second longest geographical name that is accepted in the world is... T a u m a t a w h a k a t on and on and on it goes eighty five letters. Okay, Whoa. the longest geographical name has eighty five letters, which is a hill in New Zealand. It is a Maori phrase, which translates to "quote place where Tamatia, the man with big knees, who slid, climbed, and swallowed mountains, knew his eater bye- played with his flute to his loved one."
1: Yeah. You gotta watch when you're playing with your flute. <laughs> you know, especially when you're on the old slippy slide on your knees playing with your flute. Yeah. And he's swallowed mountains. <laughs> he's
0: swallowed mountains.
1: <laughs> okay. San Andre the San Andreas Fault is consuming two inches of land every year. At this rate, Los Angeles will be neighbors with San Francisco in a few million years. We asked about the San Andreas fault, and Joe Biden said, no, it's Trump's fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the political views on this program are not necessarily those of everyone else on the show. Oh, they gave it, <laughs> listen, they gave it to Trump for four years. Yeah.
1: Biden's getting it for four yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. Four well, more years. four years.
0: Four, four more years. <laughs> Hot and cold, the White Sea in Russia has the lowest temperature which is minus two degrees centigrade. The Persian Gulf is the warmest sea. In the summer, its temperature reaches 35.6 degrees centigrade, which is roughly nine in the mid-90s Fahrenheit, in the case of those of you who can't figure out the calculation because you went to a New York City public school. 35.5 degrees centigrade, which is about ni- the mid-90s. When people listen to this show, they should have a pen and paper.
1: Because we go pretty quick, and we dole out like close to eight uh, facts per category. Right. And so it's hard to keep up with us. But if you have a pen and paper, you can. Ready? This is one that you're going to want to write down. Sudan has more ancient pyramids than Egypt. Egypt has 138 pyramids. Well, that's a lot of pyramids, right? No. No. Sudan touts over 255, and that's known pyramids, while Madonna in the 1980s sported two pyramids that most women call breasts. <laughs> Remember the video? Yeah, from the mid-'80s.
0: <laughs> but those With be... the pointy bra that <laughs> yeah. you had. Yeah, those those, those things were weapons. (laughs) You're listening to Totally (laughs) Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now.
1: Well, first off, folks, thanks a lot for everybody making our website Almost crashed this week. We had so many people going on it and leaving us messages and so on. Thank you so much. www.nicknroy.com. Real easy to remember. So let's do an expression Let your hair down. What? The French. Ooh, the French. (laughs) The French nobility risked condemnation from their peers if they appeared in public without their hair done up in those amazing, what they even call like French braids and so on. And they were like French braided updos. They took hours and hours and hours to do. So when the ladies got home, they took their hair down and they were so comfortable, but they had to hide indoors and not be seen. But that was called letting your hair down and it
0: stuck. Yeah. Being follically challenged, I don't let my hair down, my hair let me down. (laughs) (laughs) So what is dog fooding? Dog fooding allows employees to test their company's products in real life. It gives management a sense of how the product might be used all before launch to consumers. In 1980, Apple Computer President Michael Scott wrote a memo announcing, Effective immediately, no more typewriters are to be purchased or used. We believe the typewriter is obsolete. Let's prove it on the inside before we try and convince our customers on the outside. Dog fooding. Wow. I thought it was just something that my wife cooked for dinner. Oh, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) You're going to get
1: yourself thrown out on your butt. She's so used to it. Well, she can put me in the dog house now. (laughs) Serving the dog food, yes. She'll say, close, but no cigar. Ah. (laughs) Close, but no cigar. What a great expression. Carnivals would give cigars as prizes for winning. But if you lost, you didn't get a cigar. So it was close, but no, no cigar, cigar for you.
0: <laughs> so close, but no cigar. Of course. Write that one down. <laughs> write it down. Okay, We hope you can write really fast. You know that feeling, <laughs> the sudden tightening of your calf or thigh where it just won't stop, that pain. So what does a muscle cramp have to do with a horse named Charlie? The Charlie horse is the expression. It began as a baseball slang around the late 1800s. There was a pitcher whose name was Charlie Old Hoss Radburn who suffered from the tightening of the calf. It may also be from somebody's long forgotten lame racehorse that hobbled as a result of pulling heavy loads as witnessed by baseball player Joe Quest. According to Quest, the ball players troubled with the ailment hobbled exactly as did the old horse. And so Quest dubbed it A charlie horse. Charlie
1: the horse. Oh, Oh, my God. See, folks, that's a cool one. Three sheets to the wind. Three what? (laughs) Oh,
0: three sheets to the wind. Sorry, I misunderstood.
1: Yeah, you misunderstood me, yeah. (laughs) Three sheets to the wind, what Nick is most of the time. (laughs) It means that you're very drunk. Or Nick. (laughs) Sailors would get drunk drunk and forget to tie the ropes to the sails. The sails were also called sheets because of course they're white cotton, you know, they look like sheets. So they would forget to tie the ropes. But if you got really, really drunk, you'd forget to tie all the masts, and there were usually three masts on a ship, so you were three sheets to the wind. Because the wind just took the sheets and the boat didn't move and they didn't care because they were so hammered. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, no sheet. When you give a hundred and... <laughs> no, sheet. <laughs> no sheet, Sherlock. Uh, when you give 110%, very much not like our show, the phrase was first recorded... <laughs> It was first recorded in the Elizabethan England at the end of the 16th century. It is believed to have originated when a royal aide was pooping in the bathroom. The aide is reported to have said "A 110% of the population has been infected by the disease I'm suffering with, a humorous statistical impossibility. Rather than correct the 10% figure calculated by the counting the amount of bodies on the streets, this gaffe was seized upon by humorists of the time, such as William Shakespeare, who mimicked the bumbling aid in several plays, just because his royal aide was pooping in the bathroom and came up with this 110% idea.
1: No sheet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, they were quite regular. White elephant.
1: The white elephant. Meaning, valuable but not worth the cost of upkeep. It's kind of like a Ferrari or a Tesla. the saying comes from albino asian elephants which are very rare and much more expensive and revered than regular elephants but the upkeep wasn't worth the value so having a white elephant and just taking care of it was like why are they doing that it's not worth it so that's where the saying comes from i
0: am pleased as punch with that one (laughs) <laughs> meaning feeling, ah! <laughs> feeling with great delight or pride. A puppet show in the 17th century called Punch and Judy featured a puppet named Punch who killed people and took great joy in doing so. Okay, He would feel pleased with himself afterwards. The saying came about, pleased as Punch was born. So this puppet loved to kill people and took great joy, and so they decided to create a, an expression, pleased as Punch. That socks. <laughs> <laughs> sock puppet. There you go. <laughs> Put a sock in it. You're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy.
1: And now from around the corner and around the world. This
0: is TUI. no no pants subway ride the organizers of the no pants subway ride an annual january event held on public transport in more than a dozen cities worldwide announced that the 2021 no pants subway ride has been canceled improv everywhere the performance art group that has organized the no pants subway ride since 2002 in new york city said this year's sans pants public transit trek has been canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Due to COVID-19, they write, mm-hmm. we are canceling the annual No Pants Subway Ride this year. We look forward to hosting more large-scale events once it is safe to do so.
1: What'd they think, Nick? That uh, the mask was too much clothing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no pants, but... All they had to
1: do was put put one mask on their face and then one mask on one leg, uh, the strap on one leg, the strap on the other, and wear two masks. <laughs> wasn't 2020 a wonderful year it i was. did the no
0: pants uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know what you're absolutely right you have ab- even though it, it happened in the yeah. uh, previous cities like new york chicago los angeles boston and others you're absolutely right everyone experienced no pants zoom meetings
1: yeah and they do it in the winter time which i still have hemorrhoids from those
0: bus seats are cold <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank goodness you didn't have ring of fire hemorrhoid cream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know,
1: it's, it's better to sit, though, because when you're standing in front of women hanging on to a pole and
0: they're hanging on to a pole, there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, huge problem. Anyway, here's another problem. We are out of time. Thank you for joining us. We will scour the Internet and gather more useless information for you next time. So
1: in the meantime, visit our website for the full library. We actually have 60-something shows. You can listen to them at your leisure. And I say the word leisure because it sounds cool. Our full library is on nickandroy.com. And also, tell a friend. Tell people, listen to this show because we are now all over the world in 56 countries around the world. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for making this show so successful. Again, thank you so much, nickandroy.com. And also, tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy.